welcome to For What It's Worth. There's your cookie. Have fun. <laughs> An introduction to and exploration of the furry fandom. Wisconsin, Texas. Ready to fur what it's worth and chill? One thing about coming out to a convention on the East Coast. That's not the East Coast, Minnesota. It's not the East Coast. Oh. Grab your closest box and get ready to go to town. Mm-hmm. Pull that record. <laughs> We're done. Aboard. And now, those two fools who grab each other by the fox parts, here are Root and Tugs. I didn't even put it on here, but I know what's coming next. Or do you? Oh, yeah, I do. Welcome to the fanciest show on the planet, for what it's worth, where we teach you about all the fancy things. I am Tugs Puppy Bear in Seattle, and joining me on the other side of the world is Rue. Hi. Um, How are you? What is what is with all these chandeliers? And wow, there's a, a waiter that's here that's giving me hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> <laughs> it's ours dervies. <laughs> this ours is the, dervies. This is the classical channel. This is this is midnight mystery theater. No, no, this is. Just, <laughs> I was just like, I want to open up with something fancy, and that's what we got. That How was are awesome. You? I'm doing great, Tugs. How are you doing? I'm tired. I don't want. I I when I realized when I committed to this, I hadn't really thought about the phrase mountain time very much. I was like, oh yeah, ten. That's fine. And there was, oh no, that's that's mountain time. And it was like three in the morning. So You know, I was gonna say something because honestly, if if <laughs> I think I think if we could have pushed it out one more hour, we would have been like on yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't have had fancy music. <sighs> so, Mr. Tugs. Yeah. I, I don't know if you want people to know this. Uh, you you explained it last episode. You got a brand new home. You are now a homeowner, you're now a grown up. <laughs> Tell me more about your situation. What what have you been doing in Unpacking. your brand new home? No, I got super crazy sick. So I there was like all these boxes that I wanted to unpack and I couldn't. So we just are almost done with that now. So it's really just setting it up. But it it's great because I just don't have to care what the neighbors think in like terms of like if I want to play my video games loud, I'm going to play them loud. That kind of thing. Do you have a yard? I have a very small yard. So the trend is that over the years, a lot of people kind of picture that classic movie house with like a big backyard and a front yard and all that stuff. And all I do have a backyard of sorts and a front yard of sorts, um, 67% of the lot that I live on is taken up by the house. So I have like postage stamps of lawn. Like I'd have no lawn that's bigger than maybe three feet by three feet. And mm-hmm. I'm fine with that, actually, because I don't really care about doing yard work. Yard work is expensive in time and resources. So, like, we have a back patio um, and stuff like that. And we do have a little bit of grass. But other than that, it's it's not that big a deal. It, it's, it's definitely a different style than what a lot of people are used to. But it's a style that tends to occur as cities get larger um, until you wind up with no yards. Like, you get those houses in New York that are kind of just, like, stacked on each other. Like mm-hmm. Sesame Street or, or Cosby Show houses. Are we allowed to say Cosby Show yet? So, uh, <laughs> um, but you get what I'm saying. So, like, I still have I still have actual like privacy though. Like, I, I have separation between my house and another house. So, no, I like it though. Um, and I mean, I've I've rented houses before. So this time it's different though because there's nobody to call if the washer breaks. It's me. 
So let me let me ask you, do you have like a little push mower? Like a little tiny one? No, it's not even worth having a push mower. Like seriously, I have So what do you do? Do you just let it grow? I don't know. It's winter. It's not a problem yet. <laughs> <laughs> ask me in the spring and I'll tell you what I chose to do. We'll probably just hire like a neighborhood kid or whatever to do it because it's honestly going to be cheaper than maintaining even a weed whacker. So how's the the weather out in Seattle? Really? We're doing this on the show? Um, I don't know. It's rainy. (laughs) It's rainy. Okay, well, what else do you have going up on? Um, Not a ton. I'm ready for the holidays to be over and then I'm going to FC. So uh, I'm going to be gone. And so I have to start like getting all my travel in place for the next month and some. So that's always stressful, but it's uh, it's all right. I think the biggest the biggest difference this time of year. Usually, I've bought like a ton of gifts, and they try and buying no gifts because buying a house is expensive, and you have to buy stuff for your house. Like for instance, most people when you rent an apartment or whatever, you don't think, oh, I have to buy blinds. But when you have to buy blinds, you care a lot about things like that because blinds and window stuff is not cheap. It's like three four hundred dollars a window, and that adds welcome quick. to being a grown up. Oh, and a homeowner. I know. It's like, here's $6,000. <laughs> have some blinds. And they're like the cheap ones. So uh, it's because they're way like, cooler. no, I don't want those ones. I want the ones with like. I want the ones with dicks the on glass. them. Yeah. Yeah. I want the ones that are radiation proof and will like keep the, the neighbors out. And it's like, oh, no, 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 no. Those cost real money. You know, as opposed to this not real pricing. What about you? Oh, well, I've been up to a lot of stuff. <laughs> I think I explained that I started a new job, that I started a new job, right? Now, are you still working with uh, disadvantaged folks or what are you doing? I'm not. I'm I'm working. I'm still helping people find jobs. So that's my main, my main employment I, uh, that, that I do. So, so what are you like? Instead, a, a I'm job working counselor? with single. Yeah. Okay. So basically I work with um, single family single families and help them out with, you know, setting up child what care. What do you mean or... single families? Like single parent families? Yeah, single parent families. Oh, so it's not like families where nobody got married. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, it could possibly be that their their um, their boy or girl or whatever is not in the house anymore, you know. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're separated in some way or form, so... They're not living in the same household. Um, But I've been playing tons and tons of Pokemon. Oh, God. I know you absolutely hate this next gen. I don't um, hate it. I just want them to finish making the game. I love it. I think it's great. I've heard heard it's not $60 good and to wait for it to drop to 40 bucks and then get it. Is that? I I think it's $60 good. You're the first person to say that. And I've asked like 25 people. I mean, the story... Yeah, they could have worked a little bit more on the story, but it it does have a lot of content, and it's great to do raid battles with your friends. And you can do that um, on your it's phone. It's fun when you it's fun when you do that with friends with people. Like if you're you're trying to battle the Gigantamax or whatever they're called on your own, then it's going to be like kind of yeah, it's going to be hard because the computers suck because they bring like oh I'm going to bring a a, a grass type versus a fire type and it's like oh we're we're done we're done <laughs> so, here goodbye yeah yeah so that's basically what i've been up to pretty simple that's, so i think that's all i ever see you playing now what pokemon yeah. oh i'm done playing pokemon now i'm now playing ori in the blind forest are you gonna get game. the dlc for that uh it came with the dlc i thought there's more dlc oh there is yeah there's a trailer for it they delayed it 
so they put out a trailer oh i probably will i mean i'm i'm halfway through the game i think at this particular point and it's definitely my type of a game i love um let's see is there ladies night Sorry. in there I, I do like i do like shovel night but um what is it called um ladies night no yeah ladies night with a capital n <laughs> yeah you play have you played ladies night lately or have you? Are you working on the DLC? You know, I haven't been, and I, I am waiting for that DLC for the ladies' night. <laughs> Down you know, crotch. our guest is sitting here like, "What in the world is going on?" I know it's time <laughs> to cookies. What it is? Okay, let's keep going. Will he reuse another one? Is he ready? Is he going to bed with pastries again? It's Ruse Cookie Time, not sponsored by Betty Crocker. All right, here we go. And guess what? I'm ready today. Woohoo! Really? Yeah. All right. The fun side of a relationship begins to unfold in bed with a cookie. It, wait, the base fortune just ends with the word unfold? Yep. What kind of half-assed, like, finish unfolds how? Like... Wow. Wow. Fine tugs, fine tugs. You don't like that one. You don't like that one. No, I'll we'll give you like, another one. It just one. seems super lazy. <laughs> he wants another fortune. That's what you're asking. Yeah, you Google a better center. fortune. Here you go. No, this isn't Google. This is actually from um I went and got Chinese food last night just for this show. I don't believe you. <laughs> I think you just wanted Chinese food and it worked out. Okay, so you are the center of every group's attention in bed with a cookie again that's not a fortune that's just a bullshit statement you uh, gotta get fine. a better set of fortune cookies man ah uh, shit tugs no, like, fine. Right, one no. more one more one more <laughs> if you can shape it with your mind you will find it in your life in bed with a cookie See, there you've had three I fortune like slugs. no because here's the difference the last one gave me like if you do this thing or this thing is going to happen the other ones were just like you tugs. like blue tugs you're ruining the moment <laughs> You're ruining my cookie moment. Let's go to break. Okay. Hi, I'm Rue, and this is... For what it's worth. No, I, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Sorry, it's with the music. That's pretty cool. Sorry, I don't get to hear the music very often. No, I, I, I listen to the show once. Okay, now I can't hear myself. I can hear you. You can hear me? Yeah. Okay. This is this is super legit pro. I'm it, proud of you. Yes. No, it's it's definitely not legit pro because I can't talk and listen to the same exact time. So You've got to work on that skill. I know, I know. It's a skill that I just haven't been able to gain in the seven years that we've been... Wait, it's longer than seven years. It's like nine years. Oh my we gosh. just don't know how to count. Nine years that we've been doing this show and people are still listening. I don't know why. It's different people. We just cycle them out. <laughs> so our, we, we still just have six listeners, but they're just different each time? Yeah. All yeah. right. We, take, we, we do batches of six. So tell us about our guest, Drew. We have good old 
Chrono, hello, Chrono. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I'm. It's actually not too early for me. I'm kind of more of a morning person as I'm getting older, only because I can't really sleep in anymore. So I'm doing all right. I've got my second coffee in my hand, so I'm ready to go. You have some Star Fox coffee. I have some coffee? Star Fox coffee. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So let's get this out of the way now. How many Chrono Trigger Chrono Cross time jokes do you deal with? Um, actually, a lot more. So, so, and I know it's kind of related to the topic we're going to be discussing today, but the one that I actually like the most is um, I tend to kind of dress, uh, you know, gender fluid. And so if I'm choosing to dress femme one particular day, then people like to call me Chrono Cross. (laughs) 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 And I just love that. (laughs) Stop it. Get some help. What? That's for your joke. <laughs> hey, it's not my joke. Someone someone flagged it with me, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm 100% cool with this. It's creative. I don't mind jokes. Okay, so, so the second question that, I'm, that we got to get out of the way is you have to tell us about your accent. Okay, uh, so I grew up in Sydney, Australia. Um, I do have sort of a slight Americanization of my accent, mainly because I'm one of those people who can pick up accents very quickly. So having lived here in the States for about six years now, I've learned to roll my R's, uh, mainly because the way Australians pronounce their R's, it's like, ah. So if I was to say, like, I parked my car in the car park, most Americans would be, I'm sorry, sir, what? (laughs) (laughs) So I learned to roll my R's so that I could be understood. And then then from there, it's kind of like, it's this hybrid now, but uh, you get me on a Skype session with any member of my family and it goes back to full on Steve Irwin. It's ridiculous. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've been, I've been guessing since we've been on pre-show and I'm like, there's got to be something going on here that I don't know about. Sure. But since I, I'm not there, it's hard to guess. Of course. Well, so what, no, what, did, cool. what nationality did you guess just uh, off the cuff yourself? I was leaning towards New Zealand, mm-hmm. but I was like, it's not New Zealand. I was like, I couldn't put my finger on it because it was a weird hybrid. I'd be very impressed if I was New Zealand and you managed to nail that. To me, nailing a New Zealand compared to an Australian accent for an American would be as difficult as me trying to discern a Canadian from an American. And I know there's telltale signs, but I'm just not good enough at that yet. Oh, yeah. So I know that you hear this a lot, mm-hmm. but like, how much do you dislike when Americans tend to try to mimic an Australian accent? Well, it's actually quite funny because a lot of Americans end up accidentally defaulting to British when they're doing an Australian accent. And uh, I only ever met one American who truly nailed an Australian accent. And it was, uh, once again, topic relevant. I was at the gym. I was a member of the Vasa gym. And this girl who signed me up, she was 100% American. And she goes, I really love your accent. I'm like, thank you. And she's like, I can do a pretty good Australian accent myself. And I'm thinking the same thing. I'm just like, oh, here we go. This is going to be like your typical, hello, mates like this (laughs) that kind of thing but what what she said was like the most amazing female australian accent i've ever heard if she had introduced herself to me i would have been shit which part of australia did you grow up in she nailed it and it was the most impressive thing i've ever heard and it was great like i don't know how she nailed it but maybe she has australian friends um but as for everyone else it's just very much it's always the british is like hello i'm australian mates (laughs) (laughs) so so i want to make sure that our listeners 100 percent understand this and please 
Um, tell us, is Steve Irwin, like, what nationality is he? Oh, what nationality? I was thought you were going to say, Steve Irwin really dead? It's like, yeah, I believe, yes. Uh, <laughs> He's to- not the Australian Elvis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, St- no, Steve Irwin, he is. Okay, so Steve Irwin's accent is... Um, is definitely played up. It's hammed out a lot. It, it is an Australian accent. I don't get me wrong, but what you'll find is a lot of Australians, particularly ones in the limelight, when they become popular for being the personality that they are, they tend to want to hold on to their accent and embrace it because it becomes their shtick. Um, and this was really funny. I was on a flight on the way back home from LA back to Sydney. And most flights, when you're heading back to Sydney or in the other direction, you're going to bump into a handful of Australians on those international flights. And having lived in America for about two years, I had forgotten what we sound like to Americans. And when I hopped on this plane, which was filled with 50% Australians, it was like it was like someone copy-pasted Steve Irwin like 40 times. It was just that strong and that bold. And I believe that, you know, in a lot of cases, that desire to be unique and embrace your own accent and express it forward definitely comes out as, as a means of personal identity. And I think Steve Irwin embraced that personal identity because it became his celebrity shtick. Um, I myself am kind of the opposite. I don't really like the attention that accents bring me, which is why you'll probably hear that I do have a lot of Americanization in my accent. But that's just me. I'm very different. I'm not Steve Irwin or anyone like that. I thought that Steve Irwin was a New Zealander. Mm -mm. I thought he was a New Zealander. um, Sam Sam Neill is a New Zealander. Sam Neill is your... uh, we, we See, what you'll find with New Zealanders and Australians, we have this fun rivalry similar to the way Canadians and Americans are, in the sense that if we find a New Zealander we like, he's Australian. If we find an Australian we dislike, he's a New Zealander. So the next question that you probably typically get asked is, rugby or football? Um, well, it depends. We oh, actually no, have Australian rugby, man. That stuff's vicious. It, no, it's it, it's true. Well, so let me ask you a question. Do you do either of you believe there's any difference to Australians between the terminology of rugby and the terminology of football? Do they identify two different things? They to, one is to soccer, an Australian, right? it's same. Isn't really? It? Uh, one one soccer, right? Okay. No. So uh, um, uh, Australians, uh, we soccer is soccer to us. Um, you know, foot, f- calling soccer football is is a very British thing. Um, we have football um, and we have rugby. Football refers to Australian rules football. And rugby refers to rugby union and rugby league, which are basically, you know, the international rugby games you see played. Um, but Not when we talk about. Kind. Uh, no, the brutal kind is Australian rules football, the one that's played on that ginormous round field, and basically the aim of the game is to like climb on another person's back and knock them off the ball and grab like the ball for them. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So yeah, so when we refer to football, it's usually Australian rules football. Okay, so so if you want to go to the Mortal Kombat show, you go to football. If you just want to watch people kick the ball around nicely, then you go to soccer. Correct. Okay. So that's how did you? F- fall into the furry fandom um well it was actually not until i came to america that i found the fandom and that is mainly because i always had a furry affinity when i was in australia um yes (laughs) (laughs) um so I, I love the art, I love the style, I loved every echelon of the community while i was in australia however australia is very much 
very culturally different to the United States in the sense that, and I know a lot of Australians would protest this point, so this is just from my personal experience. I never, I had a lot of conservative friends, uh, not overly conservative, just ones that were very much went down the middle line. They never went either side of center. Um, and so I never really embraced anything that was culturally curious. Um, so when I moved to the United States for work, I didn't take a lot of friends with me and I wanted to meet a lot of new people. So I booted up Meetup and tried to find communities that interested me. And of course, in Salt Lake City of all places, you'll find that most of the meetups are like hiking meetups or picnic meetups or all those kind of things. And I don't mind hiking, but I'm definitely not one of those let's shop at REI and next stop Everest kind of people. <laughs> <laughs> Which I find is massive over here. Um, so I thought, okay, if I'm going to find a community that I fit into, I want to find a smaller community, a niche community. And I thought, oh, let's look up furries. I know America is very open with regards to its curiosity. So I looked up furries and that's where I found that there was a furry community in Salt Lake City. And so I showed up to a meet and, and really kicked it off. And this somewhat closeted desire towards the furry fandom now became became something that I embraced entirely. And along with it came my own discoveries of sexuality and self-identity and everything. So it really wasn't until I came to it. I embraced it in Australia privately. It wasn't until America that I embraced it publicly. So, so your first So meet. he was playing soccer in Australia and then he came here to play football. See? Ah, reference! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it in more ways than one. <laughs> so, what was your first meet? Um, so, uh, it was actually quite nice. So, I was, when uh, shortly after I started moving here, I also started uh, doing the dating thing as a means to meet people as well. And there's one particular person I was seeing, I immediately thought, well, if I'm going to do any dating, I'm going to be 100% myself. So I, I fessed up to this person right from the beginning. I'm, I'm a fan of anthro art. I'm what you'd call a furry. And they were 100% cool with that. And so this particular person worked in habilitation. So they worked with uh, people who had autism and all that kind of stuff and helped them, you know, find a place in society. Very similar to what uh, your line of work, your previous line of work room. And um, so this person was taking someone to a uh, cafe, the Watchtower Cafe in Salt Lake City. Um, and she noticed that there was an A-frame there saying that the United Utah Furry Fandom meets here for game night. So she texted me that image and said, hey, maybe this is the kind of group that you'd be into. And I had found out about U2F2 on uh, the meetup groups. And then it wasn't until she sent me an image that I saw that, you know, they meet at Watchtower. It was just down the road. So I went to Watchtower for my very first furry game night here in Salt Lake City. And that's where I met a lot of the people who I'm very close friends with now. And it just took off from there. It was just a great group of people, like-minded folks, open-minded folks, most importantly. And that's how it all started. And now you're the admin of that said group. I know, I know. It's just talk about a whirlwind transition. Uh, all right. So the topic. Yay. Well, actually, actually, before we get Holy into shit, the topic. Holy shit, we're halfway through the segment. Um, I know, I know, I know. Uh, what what have you been doing in the in the furry fandom lately? 
Uh, in the furry fandom, we actually just finished the uh, first uh, dedicated furry film festival. So I noticed that there was a lot of really creative people in this uh, in this fandom. And so I'm kind of like a filmmaker myself. And I thought, well, there's been dedicated film festivals at, at, at uh, conventions before. Like, like there's an MFF film festival, there's other mini film festivals. But there wasn't a dedicated one. So we created one that was literally an entire event solely around filmmaking. So we just had the uh, screening event online on Twitch for the 2019 Furry Film Festival. And it was a really big hit. And uh, we're hoping to continue that going for the coming years and hopefully hold like a live premiere for it one time. But um, that's basically the latest thing I've been doing. And it's been a lot of fun. I heard about that festival. Awesome. 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 I, yeah. I knew about it. Girl. Like I live in furry <laughs> Mecca. We know things. Yeah. Plug for filmfest.com. I know I think you emailed us about it too, but no, I, I had seen it, I think on an NFA ad or something. Some, somehow I didn't go to, I think it was when I was looking at porn somewhere. So I was like, Oh, I'm not going to do that now, but I'm interested. No, you're good. No, we were originally going to have it as a live premiere, like a red carpet event. I'd actually rented out the movie theater, a local, uh, one of the megaplexes here in Salt Lake City. Unfortunately, being its inaugural year, it didn't get as much uh, momentum as we hoped. So I kind of, I toned back the whole red carpet thing because it was going to be quite, it was going to be something that I paid for out of my own pocket, at least for the first couple of years. And it was going to be very expensive. So I decided, well, I'm going to book the theater anyway, just in case it takes off. Uh, it was kind of like, a, I wouldn't say it was lukewarm, but being a first year it definitely wanted more momentum to pick up with so we decided to turn it into a twitch stream instead for the premiere which i think arguably turned out better because it gave people a chance to live interact with everyone and that was really enjoyable to see so how are you connected to fitness <laughs> that's the topic today <laughs> that's the topic today <laughs> So we're going to be talking. What are we going to be talking about, Mr. Well, Tux? the original concept behind this was a modified version of our, our body image um, stuff that we were trying to do a couple seasons back. But um, it's so I get my show ideas, as everyone knows, either most of the time in the shower. But this time I got it when I was driving and it was just more I, I was thinking about like all the cues and things like I'm not a small person. I used to be skinny. I look at pictures of me like from five years ago and I'm like, what the hell? Um, and so I realized that like, of course you get your own hangups, but I started thinking about where those hangups come from and stuff like, like you don't realize, and I don't, and here's the, here's the thing before I dig into this, I don't want to say it's fat shaming because I don't think that's the right term. Fat shaming implies a whole bunch of malicious intent that I don't think people even want, um, or that to do, like, I don't think most people are dicks. There are dicks for sure, but not most people. And like, there's just, I mean, like you notice the jokes on TV. You notice like like the, the passing comments people make and stuff. No one's trying to be a dick. But when you're on the other side of that coin, you quietly hear those things. And you sort of in a way can become the like the, the stereotypical gay guy who hates gay people because he hates himself kind of thing. And so I just was like, man, this would be a really interesting conversation to have on the show because furries are not known for being in great shape unless you go to mff which i think the secret agenda of mff is to make everybody get exercise because of that long walk <laughs> i think it's great though it's a great subtle workout um uh, but no, but it's true right like like there's a fair amount of twinks and, and cool you know skinny people whatever um and then there but there are a lot of this of the stereotypical you know bad skin i don't look at the sun i'm in the basement fat nerds and I think we need to, we all need to just kind of take a moment to think about that a little bit and talk about like, you know, some of those impacts, but also 
how the fuck do you get back into shape? It's so hard. It's really hard. Like I'm down 40 pounds, but like it's hard and it's not easier as you get older. Right. In my twenties, I'd be like, Oh yeah, I'll stay up three days and lose 50 pounds. And now I'm in my thirties and I'm like, I'll stay up three hours and eat five pounds of food. And like, you know, (laughs) like it's not the same. It's true. Age definitely changes it. And, and, and the trouble is our, our, our mental state when it comes to fitness and our own body image is, it matures so much slower oh, right? than our body does. So tell us a little bit about your, your journey, your history, because I know that you have a little bit of a, little bit of a history. Sure. Um, um, well, so basically, um, I was very fortunate in the sense that my brother, my older brother, who's four years my senior, he was a massive health and gym junkie. In fact, he, his entire career now is based around sports fitness, sports science, sports psychology, and personal training. So he is a very accomplished, uh, he actually has a dual degree. He's going for a doctorate in psychology, and he also is a qualified personal trainer and fitness expert. Uh, he's currently studying in Ireland at the moment. I'm super proud of him. Um, but I grew up with a brother who was what you'd call a quote-unquote gym junkie. Uh, when he left, uh, he was always very skinny, always a very scrawny person, and uh, so was I when I was in high school, and he decided he was going to put a stop to that and, and, and go to the gym, and he became massive, like the kind of guy that had to walk through a door sideways <laughs> because his because <laughs> his his body was just shaped so like an inverted triangle. Cake. Yeah, pretty much. And then he kind of toned it back a little bit and focused more on the cardio and all that kind of stuff. So as I started to grow up, I would pay attention to what he was doing. And so I'd see like, can you take me to the gym and show me how to do things? So he was very good at discipline. In fact, he's one of the most disciplined people I know. Uh, Disciplined to a fault in the sense that he self-proclaims that he would never want to date himself because he's a no compromises person when it comes to his own body. Um, I don't think I ever want to be that dedicated to it. Um, Because yeah, he's, he's he's outright said to me, I said, if, if it was your 10th wedding anniversary, if you were married and it was your 10th wedding anniversary and it happened to fall on a gym day, what would you do? He's like, I go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <clears throat> like that, that, you know, that regimented. And so, but, you know, I borrowed for him everything I needed to know about fitness. Um, back in high school, at the beginning of high school, I was huge. I was, I was really, really chubby, really, really round. And I faced a lot of that criticism because I think the early years of high school are always more difficult than the later years of high school, mainly because I know people mature a little bit. And once you develop your niches and clicks, you can kind of find a group that you fit in with. But when you just start high school, it's very difficult. And that's probably the worst time to be ashamed of your own body image. And I was, um, the first person I ever asked out was in grade seven. I'd been in high school for about three months. And this person, and at the, at the time, I thought I was 100% hetero, um, by the way, which I'm not anymore. Um, but at the time, I thought I was 100% hetero, and I decided to ask this girl out. I sent her a letter and everything, and I, I shared it with her. And then it was just a very horrible experience because she had turned around and basically shared it with her friends. They're all making fun of me and all that kind of stuff. And she basically, she shared it with her friends. She said, you know, and and I quote, she said, I don't know why he thought I would ever consider even looking at someone so fugly. (laughs) And that was a huge reality check for me, but uh, it was very character building at the same time. 
interestingly enough, she went on to actually become a, 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 a modeling person. She was actually a fashion model eventually. So I like to think that I had good taste back in early high school <laughs> uh, for physicality, not personality, because she was very horrible with the way she acted. But I couldn't hate her for it because it, 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 it threw a mirror on myself. And I thought, you know, I want to do something to change this. And then by the end of high school, I, thanks to my brother's advice and everything, I had lost a lot of weight and... Uh, and and kind of changed my image, but there's definitely catalysts towards body image that can shape you um, mentally and physically, and that was one particular example. So that's that's basically uh, to a long answer to a short question. That's how I became involved in understanding the importance of body image. So a lot of us out there that are the bigger furries that are you know may have had Cheesecake. a little bit too much. Um, Cheesecake. I was going to say would. sausages, but that was kind of a little Sausage bit. Sausage cheesecake. Yeah, I was. Anyways, um, so some of us have gotten to the point where it's like nothing's going to change. Sure. And it's going to be really hard to be able to to change that particular part of me. And they, you know, they, they go through a whole bunch of different diets. Like, they they try like they try but then they fall off the bandwagon and you know what would you say what would be some of the advice that you would give to them to maybe help motivate or or get them started or or maybe some sorry i'm asking way too many questions here no Go you're ahead. fine you're fine no I, I understand the question in general um i think the biggest thing is it takes a lot of time to see results in fact the time it takes can be so difficult to 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 manage uh, let me give you an example um we've all understood uh different aspects of our lives that we want to improve let's take finances for example we're in a situation where we're not financially comfortable but it takes a few a little bit of savings here and there maybe i've socked away five hundred dollars here another thousand dollars here and then all of a sudden you start to see that you have a rainy day fund that's looking pretty good and then it becomes like unlocking achievements in a video game. Can I reach $2,000? Can I reach $3,000 or something like that? <clears throat> it's the same way with fitness. It takes a very long time to reach a point where you can appreciate the results you're getting. Sometimes six to 12 months before you can even start to see those results happening. And when you f look in that mirror or put yourself on that scale and see that slight little inkling, that turning point that you can start to see, you'll be very surprised at how quickly you want to build on that. I like to encourage people to consider when it comes to their personal goals and fitness, like unlocking all of the achievements when they're playing a video game. We've all been that way. We, we fall in love with this video game. And we thought, oh, I, un I unlocked this achievement. What else is there I can unlock? And it's the same thing with your body. It may take a long time to realize that there are achievements to be unlocked, but the minute you unlock one of them, it opens the door to want to unlock them all and get that 100% goal, that platinum goal on I that think, video game. I think game. you make a really interesting point with this because... I, I feel like we we're spoiled right now because it's like we were just talking about this before we were recording, right? Like, like I get one hour, two hour Amazon delivery, which is unheard of even 10 years ago. Right. And so you get used to that. You get used to, mm -hmm. oh, I'll just look it up on Google. Oh, I'll just, you know, your smartphone has changed. I think the concept of patience and time so drastically that like for, for me, historically, being patient has been like, oh, I've got to wait a day or two to sign an apartment lease. And then I sign and I move in. And it's still fairly fast. 
and mm-hmm. and continue the analogy. So when we went to go buy this house that I live in now, like I was like, okay, it'll be pretty quick. We'll have all the paperwork ready. It'll take a little bit of time. But when I was waiting for all these decisions and people to do this and that and the amount of money involved, I realized this is not going to be fast in any sense of the word. And it completely shifted my perception of mm. what is gratification, what is delayed gratification, and and so forth. And I and I was thinking about that in in the context of losing weight, where it's like, yeah, it's it's it, your body does not move at the speed of Amazon or your smartphone. It moves more along the speed of buying a house, <laughs> yeah. if if that. It's going to be really really slow, and so people I think just don't have the patience or the understanding to know that like. A biological system is not going to move as fast as a smartphone, period. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And and when you touch on social media, social media also has a lot to answer for with regards to how we perceive body image. Let me give you an example. I remember talking to someone, and this is not the same topic, but the theory is very much the same with regards to body image. I remember talking to someone who was working, an artist, who was working really hard to get exposure on, on, on Twitter. And they were very disappointed that there were some people out there that can, that can have uh, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of followers, and then a struggling artist can barely get two or three retweets. And a lot of people have this perception like, how do these people get so good? How do they get so popular? And there's this false perception that just because you discover somebody existed overnight doesn't mean that they achieved 100% of their goals overnight. There's this false perception that, um, I'm going to use Rue as an example. Ah. I I discover Rue on Twitter and I see he's got an amazing following. And so all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, this person's just got all this following. Now, I discovered you eight hours ago. So now I've got this false perception that this person's an eight-hour success. And it's like, no, I do not understand. I'm not taking into account the years, maybe even decades that you've prepared to put yourself in that position, the hard yards that you put in, the, the nights that you stayed awake wondering how people perceive you, the sacrifices that make you, the relationships you may have lost in the process of getting to where you are on that social platform. The exact same thing as fitness. When we see someone post this flexing gym muscle picture, we look at them and say, oh my God, look how quickly they just became so ripped and toned because I, I just stumbled across their profile and all of a sudden they're ripped you know but the reality is these people could have put decades into becoming where they are they could have been a different image so people assume that just because they see something on social media it was an overnight success and and social media has a lot to answer for for giving that perception because nobody's going to share you the hardships of their journey they're just going to show you the fantastic results nine times out of ten and so a lot of people who want to lose weight or get into that get disappointed because they're just like I'm put I've I've put in twelve months worth of effort I've barely started to get momentum and now I open my Twitter and see this massively buff person posting their flex muscles and I'm thinking wait, what the hell's the point wait you mean you mean you mean that I can't call a an uber fast uh, an uber person to come and and do fitness for me and i i I just have it overnight that sounds like a business model you should look into that (laughs) order a fitness instructor (laughs) exactly um so yeah you're exactly right it's it's this social media has made everything look like that everything is so quick and everything happens overnight but it does take that uh, six to 12 months of, of patience and, and knowing that you will change your results. Uh, but then discipline comes into it and that's a whole different kettle of fish. 
Um, you know, there is one other aspect that I wanted to touch on too. It, there could also be like there there are some people out there that I know that have worked really hard, and and I'm not even talking about like that they're sneaking a piece of cake at night. Like mm-hmm. they are working their hardest, and they still look big. There are situations you may need to, um, I mean, when's the last time that you saw your doctor? There could be something wrong with your thyroid or, you know, something that's going on um, with your health. Part of that is a lot of people, especially younger people, don't have jobs that offer insurance. Okay. Do you? Get a job that has insurance. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. Yes, I do. I, I I worked really hard to get to that particular point, but I get it. I get it in the fact that when you're young, and especially when you're just falling off of your parents' insurance, or maybe you don't have parents that gave, you know, that even have insurance, that um, that's a huge struggle. There are programs that are available for you to be able to get basic health you know, but I understand that that's a political issue <laughs> that we we really don't have the best health care here, and that's not going to solve overnight. So make sure you go and vote <laughs> so that we can get better health care. There we go. Well, and I also think that people don't know what resources that they have, mm. and, and and it's it's interesting. Everybody can you know get an an Uber driver to come pick them up. I'm sorry that I keep bringing that up, but you know, but. You can research for programs that are available to you. One thing that I've learned, um, you know, the, I mean, each each uh, state does have some sort of a department that does um, job development or helps individuals seek employment. They also can help you as far as with like maybe childcare or you know, helping you get um, coverage for health insurance or stuff like that. If you're in a low income, there is programs out there for you to to be able to use. Well, it's just you have to do some research. Hmm. You have to get on the internet and you have to look it up. There may be a scholarship that's out there for you. There may be certain pro. There are resources. Well, I I think I think you're hitting on something and. Um, I wanted to build on your point, Rue, which is that you don't necessarily even have to go to the state. I feel this is a little bit expositional, so I'm sorry, but I, I'm noticing as I've as I've journeyed through life that like a sense of community and and so forth has I I at least in my experience I've found it to be drastically weakened from what I grew up with to where like if you have friends and you know you're an adult. It's you if you get comfortable with your friends because maybe it makes more sense for you to say, "Hey, you know, do you mind watching my kid?" Or, "Hey, do you mind? Give, can can I ask you for a lift? I'm trying to improve myself and I need to get over to the doctor and stuff." And like people, if you tell them, "Hey, I'm trying to better my life," and they're your friends and they're in your community, they will often be willing to help you. I mean, we they're, they're, the problem I see now with especially in, in furry, but it's I think it's a reflection of society at large right now is everyone's cool with like, Hey, retweet for this cause or look at this GoFundMe, or everyone's fine. And that's not how life is. There's a whole bunch of stuff between I'm fine and I need GoFundMe and building your community up and saying, Hey, do you mind? Can I get a lift? You know, and making sure you pay them back for it, you know, like buy them dinner or something like don't use them. 
but we would probably all be getting along and going to the doctor and doing things to stay healthy a lot more. I think you hit the nail right on the head there. And just to give an exact example of that, um, about a year and a half ago, I actually started a community event here in Utah called FurFit, uh, which was basically an outdoor fitness event. Um, it was shortly after I moved here and, um, well, moved back here. That's another story. But I decided to, I, there were a lot of people in that same boat that said, I want to get fit. I don't have the avenues, but if I had the support of the community, I may feel incentivized to actually just go out there and do it myself. So I created this event called Fur fit which was a weekly event we all met at a local park and i borrowed on the experience that my brother gave me with regards to you know those you know those boot camps that they have sometimes where they do like little personal training boot camps you're running around carrying ropes that kind of stuff so i created an event like that and invited a lot of people from the local community and it was a really big hit the first year i think the first event we had something like 22 people show up and it was great because we 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 told them it was a community event no judge judgment free everyone was on the same level the most important thing is have fun while at the same time absorb all the information you need to be able to focus on getting fit in this 100% judgment free environment and there were some people um, that stuck it out right until the end of that particular season wasn't as popular the second year because these things never sustain their momentum because it goes back to that whole perception thing but people were really happy that there was other people in the same boat as them willing to take that plunge while also doing so in a supportive and judgment-free environment. And I think you were exactly right about the community. That helped immensely in this event. If you're going to lose weight, I highly recommend... Tell everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. Have other people help you through that. You know, maybe have a friend go to the gym with you. It's You're going to stick to the routine if you're doing it with somebody. If you have a spouse or a significant other or a boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, a dog, (laughs) (laughs) like do exercises with somebody. Make it an a make it a a social type thing because then that way it's not just gonna be, you know, work. But I understand that we're all busy, right? We're all super busy, and sometimes you can't go out with a friend to the gym. Yeah, um, and you have to do some things on your own. One of the things I wanted to add to that with regards to, and, and, and to respond to when you said the tell everybody part there, there is a pitfall of that kind of uh, type of accountability. And that is a sense is it's very positive to, to tell your friends about something and to get their support. But social media can also be work against you in this realm. And this is kind of like moving more into the psychology thing here. Let's hypothetically say that you decide one morning that you're going to lay down the foundations to get fit. And so you go out onto social media and you announce to your maybe 1,000 Twitter followers and 450 Facebook friends, today is the day that I'm going to choose to get fit. Let's hypothetically say that you get all of this response from these people saying, great job, you're doing fantastic, that's excellent. What you're going to get is this false sense of achievement for achieving a goal you actually haven't achieved yet. So a lot of people, the psychology behind that is a lot of people will announce their intentions, get that instant gratification for announcing those intentions without actually lifting a finger and proceed to not lift a finger because they've received those positive endorphins already from that positive social response. And they're just like, well, I don't actually need to lift a finger because I'm already getting all the positive feedback I need. So there is a pitfall with regards 
regards to announcing these intentions before you actually intend to go out there and put boots on the ground. You're, you're dead right. And actually, when I said that I was imagining where tell people who you know in person, because yeah, everyone can virtue signal on Twitter all day, and that doesn't count. Correct. Yep. Just because you said on Twitter that you're going to do something, <laughs> like you have to follow through. You have to follow through. And um, what is break. that? It's our outro music. I didn't mean to click that, but do it anyway. <laughs> I feel like it's the it's Academy Awards. <laughs> Fine. Okay, everybody can go to the bathroom with this thing. This music. <laughs> We're going to go to Space News and then we'll be back. Oh my gosh. Hailing frequencies open. Smokescale Aquatus here with another round of news for you. As of Wednesday, December 11th, here are your space headlines. First up, crowd favorite Rocket Lab successfully launched another Electron rocket from New Zealand recently, and this time they performed a test on the first stage that's just the first step towards recovering the booster. That's right, if you haven't heard, Rocket Lab is getting into the reusable booster game. Their plan involves deploying a parachute and catching it with a helicopter. Since Electron is so much smaller than just about every other orbital class rocket, helicopter capture is actually pretty viable. The test itself was to see if the booster could survive a controlled re-entry, which it did. The next step will be to add gear, like a parachute. If they're successful, they'll join some very exclusive ranks in the aerospace world. China's been busy like a beehive recently. Just last week, they performed a record six-hour turnaround of a launch site, seeing two of the same line of rocket lift off from the same pad. They were both Kuaizhou-1A rockets. Please forgive me for butchering the pronunciation if I got it wrong. These are solid fuel boosters carrying a total of seven satellites into orbit. Since they're solid fuel, that means ground support equipment is much simpler. You don't need tanks and plumbing for fueling a liquid fuel booster, nor do you have to worry about a significant degree of complexity. You just light the stick and up it goes. I suspect China's going to continue to keep a pretty tight launch cadence in the new year. Speaking of busy, SpaceX has been doing quite a lot. They launched another Dragon to the ISS, the third flight for this particular capsule. The upper stage of that mission stayed on orbit, performing maneuvers to certify the second stage for upcoming military launches, then deorbited itself. They're also attempting to address a problem that the astronomical community has been yelling at them about since the first Starlink launch. Each time a group of 60 satellites is lofted, it plays havoc with observation in the night sky. So SpaceX has announced that they're going to experiment with a less reflective coating for the satellites to help mitigate some of these issues. I'm dubious on this. It feels like SpaceX kind of didn't take astronomers' needs into consideration initially, either out of sheer ignorance or just assuming it wouldn't be as bad as it turned out to be. We'll just have to wait and see how this gets resolved, because SpaceX isn't going to hold off on any further Starlink launches. It's a crucial part to their business model, after all. And finally, Blue Origin is back in the news with their new Shepard rocket. Another test flight, number 12 specifically, is on the books. The vehicle flew and landed successfully just like so many other attempts, pushing them that much closer to human flights. Already there are crews training to fly when it finally opens to passengers, and there have been plenty of experiments flown from public, private, and educational institutions. If it's as cheap as they say it is, this could really be a game-changer for people who want to do research in microgravity but don't have the funds to fly on Dragon or other large-scale vehicles. That's all for this round. This is likely going to be my final report for 2019. I'm in the middle of a move, and I may not be up and running at my new place in time for the next show. So don't worry if there's no space news in the next episode. I'm just neck deep in boxes and bubble wrap. Until next year, this is Smokescale Aquatus saying happy holidays and keep looking up, space fans. <laughs> Wait, what?
Hi. Hi. Welcome back, everybody. Why what? <laughs> you really want me to, to sing to Splatoon music, don't you? That wasn't Splatoon. Wait, wasn't that Splatoon? That was Round the Twist. What? Ah! <laughs> you fail. You fail uh, in Australia culture. Oh. No, all I know is waltzing Matilda. And- <laughs> Siri, have you ever ever felt like this? It's round the twist, yeah. Strange no. things happen. Are you going round the twist? I, I guess I, they had I guess on- you didn't do the chorus. If you did the chorus, I would have gotten that. Um, no, it's a, it's a super short one because you know the copyright. But like, yeah, yeah. Now, see, you fail. I'm disappointed. Like, I'm gonna probably play something else from Australia. And you're gonna be like, who's that? I'm like, it's a boomerang, dumbass. And you're like, oh, what's that? <laughs> uh, I love you, Tugs. I know. Let's do the thing. So, where is, let me get my worship music. <laughs> if you like for what it's worth for some reason, and you like it enough to put money into it, you can do that. You could join the list of names I'm about to read now. Our Patreon list. If you want to be a Patronus, go to patreon.com slash fwiw and join the fun. We would like to thank... I'm making sure I read the right tier. Simone, Ligris, Moss, Ossicat, Chapagriff. Did he move? Dusky, I think. Snares, Skylos, August, Kachi, Koru, Guardian Lion. Guardian Lion? Adelor, Baldrick, Rivka, Nuka, Ichi, Kit, Jake, F-O-X-X-X, and his boyfriend, Taz. If you, again, want to support us and be a Patronus, you can scream Expecto Patronum when you climax. Go to patreon.com slash FWIW and give us your money. Yes? So, so Tugs, where where would you hide your? Um, never mind. Never My mind. what? Oh, I was trying to go off of the Harry Potter reference, and but I I failed. I failed. Oh. I failed. Stop it! Get some help. <laughs> but overall, I want to say my own thank you for for donating to Patreon. Let me tell you, oh, you yeah. guys are amazing. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, it's super. We love it, and it pays for our hosting and everything now, so it's pretty cool. We we haven't had to pay for our hosting in years now. I know. Isn't that nice? Oh, it <sighs> is nice, because it's expensive. It is. It is so expensive, so. Yep. Anywho, so, Tugs, shall yes. we get back into the topic? Yes, tell me more about how to, how about my fatness, I mean fitness. <laughs> Your fatness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, why don't we go ahead and start that off with an email? Oh, yeah. Um, you did send me that email. Let me read my email. Okay. This email is from Misky, a.k.a. Miss Hyde. I've always had a fair amount of body confidence, except in one respect, fear of becoming underweight. I'm one of those lucky people who can eat loads and struggle to put on weight. As a child, people would call me stick thin and ask, where do you put it all? When they saw how much I ate, I envied those who had just to eat a bit or more or exercise less to put on some body fat to keep them warm in winter. Let me tell you, actually, I am much warmer in winter. At university, I got ill and lost a lot of my appetite to the point where I could easily forget to eat. 
I've suffered from terrible nightmares about being so skeletal and undernourished that my bones would shatter and pierce through my skin. I was so terrified of losing weight that I would force myself to eat despite being repulsed by food. Probably my healthiest time was when I was working on a fish farm and kept myself to a strict schedule of meals to keep my body in shape for the manual labor involved. I was eating at least twice the normal amount, but when I went down at least I still went down at least one size. It scared me a bit, but the immense pain I felt initially in muscles didn't know I had distracted me from this. I don't think it was a sustainable lifestyle for me, but I did feel the healthiest I've ever been. Now, my overall work-sleep-life schedule is all over the place with me doing shift work and also trying to timeshare space in an overcrowded house. My appetite has never really come back, and I'm not reminded if it's too easy to forget to eat. And the lack of routine doesn't help. I look forward to any insight you peeps share on this topic. All the best, Miski. P.S. If any of you fluff butts want to go from sickly kitty to strong beast in six months, get a seasonal job on a trout farm. Just remember to stretch properly. Otherwise, you let yourself in for pain otherwise. Um, I guess I get right a first response, which is if you'd like some fat, I will give you all the fat you want. I have unlimited amounts of fat. <laughs> I do you wish know, we had I, that. I'm sure, I'm sure that that's what skinny people hear all the time from fat people. I know, and it doesn't Here, help, right? have some of my fat. You can, you know, you can get it off, take, take it off pretty quickly, right? Yeah, no. It's it's interesting because the body I, I'm a, so this is a little bit assumptive, but it, it seems like it would make sense. I know that as you become a larger bodied person, your your metabolism and some of the chemical markers in your body shift and move forward. So it's so your default level of burning at calories and your and so forth slows dramatically the heavier you are and the lighter you are because there's less stuff to burn up. You're going to burn stuff faster. And so you can tip too far the other way. Makes sense, right? Yeah. So I, I want to add a little bit of, of what, what's happened in my family. So we, my sister, for some reason, she is the skinny beanpole of the family. Like we're all big people and she's the little tiny one lucky her and um but no you would say that definitely you look at her you would be like she's the lucky one but honestly she struggles a lot because she has a a a little bit of a food disorder oh where um she has a hard time um because what happened when she was younger and i'm sorry if this is this is super personal but um my grandfather um, took us to an all-you-can-eat buffet, and um, he basically told, um, like, she just ate, like, a little tiny salad or something like that, and my grandfather was like, I'm paying good money for an all-you-can-eat buffet, and that's all that you're going to eat. And ever since that moment, because that happened to her as a kid, oh, that's so it's harsh. kind of ingrained into her that she has a really hard time eating especially when we go out and and eat at at restaurants and she feels like that people are judging her and she it's something that she has worked through through the years but that has caused her to to have an unhealthy relationship with food and you know she's had to go through you know some therapy and different things like that and even now to this day, she is still super skinny and she has to, she, she has health issues because of it. She has, 
she has to get like iron infusions, di- different things like that. So she's on the opposite end. Like I know that me and you tugs, we have our health issues because of our weight. I'm not the most skinniest little beanpole person. So I have my own health issues. I have, I have diabetes. I'm Scott Melkinson. Um, diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I have those things because of my health. But if you're too skinny and you're the opposite direction, a lot of people say that person is the lucky person. They're lucky. But th- there is a whole other aspect of not eating enough. And you can have a lot of health issues from, from that. And I know that it seems like, well, it's super easy. All you have to do is eat a little bit more. But when you eat and then you just get physically sick and you're throwing up and, and your it's not like not you're big. Yeah. No, it was, it was interesting. There's definitely, there's, there's shaming on both ends of the spectrum. That's for certain. And it's often a very common response for someone who's very skinny uh, to deal with the whole kind of like, oh, cry me a river thing because a lot of people will be like i know how hard it takes to become skinny and people who are skinny will be like i'm not feeling myself i don't enjoy this body image and the response we'll get is well cry me a river but at the end of the day like it is something that people who are skinny deal with i'll give you an example a personal example here so when i was at the height of my personal fitness regime and I was attempting to lose a lot of weight, one of the things I did was I I aggressively dieted as well as exercised. So what I did was I adopted one of the diet trends and that is the paleo diet and it worked very well for me. I was able to lose a lot of weight within a short period of time. However, what then happened to me was I got very sick, not because of the diet. I actually went on an excursion and got a really terrible case of food poisoning. It lasted me about two weeks. It was terrible. I could hardly eat anything for two weeks. So coupled with the exercise regimen that basically uh, increased my metabolism, the diet that decreased my calorie intake, and the two weeks where I was no longer eating, I got extremely thin. I got down to, I think it was about 120 pounds which was is absolutely nothing. And so when I started to gain that weight back, I was posting on social media just as often as I usually do, a selfie here and there, a group photo here and there. And when I noticed on Facebook, people from my parents' generation, uh, quote unquote, the boomer generation, started looking at these photos and saying, what's wrong with you? You're too thin. You look ugly like this. Why don't you put on some weight kind of thing? And that's a very much our parents' generation thing to say. It's like an okay boomer thing to say. It's like, oh... <laughs> You're okay, too thin, boomer. go eat something kind of thing. And I was getting that. I was getting shamed by people from my parents' generation for looking too thin and looking too malnourished. And I wanted to turn around and say, well, this wasn't my goal to go this way. I, 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 I took an aggressive diet to lose some weight and then something bad happened that made me lose more weight than I wanted to. And now I'm being shamed for being too thin. I should go eat something. It's like people do deal with it on either end of the spectrum. So I do 100% sympathize with the person who wrote the email. Why are we? Why you I know, want to know? I, why are we so obsessed with body image? Exactly. And why can't we talk about it? I t- we're talking like, about it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bring this up. Like this. Uh, well, I know. How many times have we posted that we? This is my. This is my soapbox moment. You ready? Here we go. How many times have we posted about this particular episode? And how many responses do we usually get from this? This many. Hardly. <laughs> Hardly none. And it's because people don't want to talk about this particular subject. It, it's just, it's too sensitive. 
because it's something that a lot of us are like, we are not happy with what we see in the well, mirror. We, we always want what we can and, have, right? Yeah. But the thing is, is in order for you to be able to get to your true self, your, yeah. your identity, you, which, which I'm treading, I know I'm treading on ice here. Okay. I know I'm treading on ice, but just follow me for just one minute. Like when you look in the mirror, sometimes you don't, you, you unfortunately don't see what is actually inside yourself or what's inside your heart. And sometimes people just need to uh, need to work on just embracing their inner self. So then that way, their inner self can shine, shine through. I mean, Tugs, look, there have been times that, that you have said yourself to me, like, you don't necessarily like the way that, that you look. No, I don't. For for a, a, an yeah, example. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, is the, that shouldn't matter. That should not matter. Like, who you are, when I'm with you, when I get to, to work with you, I know who you are. Your friends know who you are. I can see who you are through your eyes. It doesn't matter what type of capsule that you are because uh, or that you're in. And a lot of people put a lot of judgment on, on and, and I know that that brings in a lot of insecurities, but your friends are the people that... I don't know. I'm I, sorry I, that I'm no, using no, no, it's fine. I, I think I know what you're getting at, which is like, there is, there is a level, I think, when, when someone realizes, oh, shit, I fucked up real bad. I'm a fatty, which I have, I've had that moment, that, that you have to, you have to separate, you have to realize it's two separate parts. Part of it is we all do care to a point about what other people think about us. And yeah, it's nice that we have Dr. Susie and saying, so, you know, those who, those who mind you don't matter, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But we are social creatures by default and we do crave approval from people. And so that's step one. And I, and I know my friends don't care. Obviously my friends don't care. And I, and I thank them all the time for it. I'm like, I'm so glad that you see past that. The other half of that, there's a second part. And that's the part that I think I struggle with more, which is I failed myself. I didn't take care of myself. I had a wonderful in shape body doing great things. And yes, I do. I do know because I've done the DNA, you know, send your spin and crap. I do have a genetic predisposition to put on weight. Okay, fine. But I still could have done better for myself. And while I do need to forgive myself, I feel like unless I do something about it, it's a hollow forgiveness. It's just so that I don't have to think about it. But if I make myself make due steps to correct it, that's, that's truly the path I need to go down because then I will, I will lose weight. I will get into a better position as far as just general health, which is important. I'm not, I don't have to get down to a beautiful svelte Twinkie hundred pounds, but you know, losing a certain amount of weight to where I feel like, okay, I'm a little bit chubby, but that's fine. I think is reasonable. Well, I could actually offer something else kind of like along those lines as well. So with regards to, to, to coming to terms with that body image and self-identifying, what makes self-identifying with regards to physical image so difficult? I'm kind of going to compare this towards uh, how we perceive ourselves in terms of sexuality or sexual identity. I know they're completely different things, but our approach is very similar. 
Unfortunately, when it comes to physical body image, there's no instant gratification for sharing a desire to improve body images. For example, when someone expresses the desire to embrace a gender identity or a sexual identity, it can be, um, you know, it can be a very freeing experience. Just a simple act of expressing it can be a first step towards an extremely freeing experience. And, and you have an email that's associated yes, with that. Yes, yes. Do you want to go ahead and read that? I will, will. I'll just finish off this point here, though. Uh, when you express that sexual identity, it can can be very freeing but when you uh you know when you talk about fitness in your physical body it means that you're staring at the bottom of a very steep ladder you know when you talk about sexual identity and and, and gender identity you can take those first steps immediately by announcing your desire to embrace it but when you talk about fitness you you, you haven't even made that first step yet that's why it's more daunting for a lot of people um but yeah i will read this email well, i think what what's also super important is that you have to you in order for you to get to your future self you have to think about and and see what what i feel like a lot of us do is we look at what we did in the past that led us to where we are now so when it comes to our body we're like oh i ate that donut yesterday and so that therefore i've gained five pounds and i'm gonna eat another donut today because i you know i'm yeah Yeah. fuck it like i i give up what difference could it make but you know you're but then your future self is saying the exact same thing with your past self you have to be kind to your future self but you can't you can't like I see life sometimes as you have three different people. You have your past self, your self that you're in control of now, and your future self. Tomorrow me, yeah. Yeah, tomorrow me. And so what we do we have control of our future self? To a point. To a point. Do we have control of our past self? No. We don't have control of our past self at all. So what we have control of right now is our present self. And that will change what our future self is. Now, at this particular moment, what you are doing at this particular moment is what you have control of. And so you can't sit there thinking about, like, wasting your time about, I ate a chocolate cake yesterday. Or, you know, shame yourself about the things that you didn't do you can do that, but that's not very healthy. I'll also add that we actually do have, with regards to our past self, we have control over how we perceive our past self. Yes. And that's really important too. A lot of times people remember the things that they didn't do, mm. but they forget the things that they did do mm-hmm. during that time and the, the goals that they did achieve. That's why it's important for you to set goals and celebrate when you actually achieve those particular goals yeah. that we've talked about. If you lost a couple of pounds, celebrate that. Maybe not celebrate it with a chocolate cake, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> celebrate your little tiny steps that, that, that you make through time. Sure. All right. And, let's and the email. it's not just weight loss, it's, it's through life. Uh, okay, so the email we came through here is uh, hello to the caster for what it's worth and to its guest. It's Kit. I thought that I would weigh in on the topic of weight and body image in the fandom. I'm transgender, specifically female to male, and I feel that I have an interesting perspective as it pertains to weight and gender. They also did a disclaimer that they also understand that there's multiple genders, but they're just going to focus on the female to male in this particular example. Anyhore. Prior to transition, (laughs) I heard that was an in-joke. Prior to transition, I was uh, overweight. 
Weight never bothered me. However, so many folks decided to make it their business. I received a lot of unneeded comments about my weight. A vast majority of them amounted to the fact that I would look better if I was thin. In my perspective, I think that folks were more concerned about my appearance and operated under the belief that fat folks are ugly. Now that I've transitioned, my experience has shifted. I'm still overweight. However, folks don't feel the need to comment on my weight every day. I still get side glances from folks as I grab another piece of pizza. I'll get asked if I gained weight recently. And yet that's the extent of it. It's absolutely mind-blowing. My takeaway is that gender plays a huge role in our body image and the perception of body image that others have. That's my two cents for the topic. For the cast and guests, what are your thoughts on body image and gender? Thank you, and I hope that you are well. With love and a pound of cookies. Kit. Um, I'm actually really glad that this topic with regards to gender identity as it pertains to physical images is brought up. So as I alluded to earlier in the show, I'm actually um, I'm a gender-fluid pansexual in the sense that I identify on gender based on how I'm feeling and how I'm dressing. So in many occasions, I will go out to events and I will dress as a female. Um, now, before I embraced this, before I decided that I was going to be gender fluid, I identified mainly as a male character. So when I was in the process of getting fit or dieting, it was very much oriented towards things that would make me look masculine, buff, fit, built. I didn't mind if I put on weight because as you mentioned in the email kit, that if you put on weight as a male, it's not considered nowhere near as taboo as a female putting on weight, which is a whole other gender equality thing that's a topic for another day. When I decided that there were certain events that I'd like to go to and ways that I'd like to represent myself as a female, it completely changed my approach to fitness because I knew then that I didn't want to represent as femme and have this masculine body, you know? So I decided to change my entire exercise regime to focus on things that would feminize my body. And that was less upper body work, uh, more core work, more leg work, more hips work, more butt work. Things that when I chose to dress in female clothing would accentuate the female figure rather than boost the male figure. And that was a perception block that I had. My, my immediate, and I know it's a false perception, but we all deal with this every day. My immediate perception was, how are, gonna pe- how are people going to like me as a female if I'm built like a horse? You know, how do, how, do you, how, do you, how do you get someone that's really buff and put them in a dress and think that that would be desirable? And I feared that. I feared that you know, if I put on a skirt or put on a dress, my biggest fear was, am I just going to look like a dude trying too hard to be something that they're not (laughs) you know so at the end of the day I made a conscious decision that my exercise regime was going to focus more on a feminine figure and if I desire to be male then sure I'll be a skinny twinkish kind of person in that interim but at the same time how I perceived myself and my gender identity made a huge change to how I actually adopted an exercise regimen and diet regimen so let's go one more step to that so you want to have um that type of body what muscles do you um what muscles do you work out and what what type of workout do you sure so so when i desired to have a more feminine looking body that was toned i had to avoid things that were going to bulk up things like my arms and my shoulders and my neck um so a lot of men when they do their workouts they'll do a lot of sort of like 
you know, um, 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 you know, bench presses and everything to really bulk up their chest and their shoulders and everything. Uh, what I chose to do to focus on a more feminine shape was a lot of leg work, a lot of butt work. So things like squats, uh, things like crunches to get my core all fit. I do a little bit of chest work mainly because I enjoy the idea of having a chest that's puffed out because I will wear augmentations, female augmentations, and having a broader chest helps show them off a little bit more to the point where sometimes I don't even need to wear the augmentations. In fact, I've had when, people... When you say augmentations, are you talking about like you wear like like fake breasts? Correct, yes. Okay. So, so, and it's actually interesting. I focused a lot of attention to just my pectorals and my chest muscles because in some occasions when I haven't worn those augmentations, people have come up to me and says, oh, your breasts are looking very good. And I've been like, no, that is literally my pectorals that you're looking at right now. So, so well, they, they are your breasts, though. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Actually, you're very right. And I, to be honest, I have considered, um, you know, HRT as well. Uh, but being gender fluid, I, I never wanted to kind of lose the function that enabled me to be able to choose which side. Uh, I believe that when you take HRT, you're making a very conscious decision of the path you want to take. I guess I'm just very indecisive at that. So I relied on my physical fitness and my diet to be able to express myself gender fluid. Um, um, without taking that extra step that would virtually lock me into something. So we, we talk about, you know, how you can work on it and exercise and stuff, but I think there's something that, that we haven't talked about and is at the core of what drove me to create this episode, which is, yes, it's true. You do need, you got to get over yourself. You've got to get over what other people think of you. You're damn right. Right. And, like that's that's a step. The thing about it is, if once you get past a certain point, it doesn't matter to a degree because another thing comes into play, and that thing is you can't fit into clothes and you can't ride rides. For instance, like mm. I have not, I haven't gone to the Harry Potter theme park areas because I'm I can't fit on the rides. I am too big. Like. It's it's not my height necessarily. I can blame my height because it makes me feel better, but it's not. It's the the damn seat restraints just don't fit over a certain body size, and that sucks because I've had to do the walk of shame once, and it's it sucks, right? Like like everyone feels for you, but everyone's like, wow, like it's it's a rare thing. It's notable, positive, neutral, or negative that these things happen, or like you know your friends want to buy you a cool shirt, they think you're cute or whatever they have to go specialty get it you know i'm tall and overweight so i have to buy xt clothes which is rare they're not easy to find so there's little things that start to creep into your routine that disrupt it from being normalized i i feel for you tugs i mean as i know far i'm just pointing as, I'm, I mean, I'm pointing i mean i am out, by right? no means as tall as you and and i'm and again this isn't 100% the same but um i wear 6 triple e shoes you wear like a 14 with 5 e's i yes okay. it is near impossible for me to find a 6 triple e in a men yeah. Shoot, I, I, now, I can't find it anywhere. Now I've imagine that applied to, to your shirts. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and and so uh, that's why I'm saying I can feel for you a little bit. I yeah. know it's completely different. Um, But I can see how that's extremely discouraging. I mean, and then you have to do specialty stuff where it that just increases the costs even more. I'm yeah. I'm short and big. And so for me to find 
close because I'm on the other spectrum. I'm short and big. So for me to be able to find jeans that fit me or like pants that fit me, that that doesn't make me look like I'm a slob, that it's too big or it is nearly impossible to find. And it's very discouraging to go to the clothing store. There's times when I'm like begging my friends. I'm like, please, will you come with me? Because it's so hard. Like, Quite literally, when I go to the store, it's not a, I go into the store, buy a pair of jeans. It is, I go to the store and spend half of the day trying to find something that will fit me. I wish I could go shop at, like, you know, American Eagle. I know they're out of business, but those kinds of stores. Damn, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, it would be super nice to be able to go to those particular stores. Okay, I have one more email from a Falme. Oh, I thought that we had, okay, go ahead. Yeah, it says, hello, rude tugs and guesticles. It's Mafalme. I was happy to see you guys will be covering body image after the last attempt. Since starting HRT four months ago, I was told I need to watch my weight and what I eat because it's easier to gain weight. Well, I didn't listen and I've gained 20 pounds since then. Now, you wouldn't think being 145 would be obese, but for someone who's 5'2", I'm considered obese. Most people will consider this a bad thing, but I've learned to love my dad bod. I'm not sure if it's because I was skinny my whole life or because I don't give a fuck, but I think body image isn't something we should be too concerned about. As long as you're healthy, it shouldn't matter if you got a little more of you. I don't have a question for this, but I want to say to everyone who feels bad about their body image, don't worry about what others think. Love yourself and everything will be okay. I agree. I just want to be able to wear the clothes I want to wear. So that's my goal. I'm not trying to be anyone's like ideal self. I just want to be able to enjoy life the way I want to enjoy it. And I think that's my motivator. But I don't feel like that's a negative motivator. I think it's just trying to work toward a goal, you know? Yeah, no, I completely, completely understand. Uh, I mean. (sighs) Yeah. Like, do you, like, I know. Okay, so here's the thing. I'm going to ask you this. And and we're just going to be real here for a minute, like we used to be. When you started going. Like we used to be. We're fake now. Yeah, we're fake. Like, (laughs) when you first went to Ladies Night. Did you? <laughs> Why did are you, we talking about ladies' night? Because, because you've already admitted it becomes a little bit more skin revealing. Did you feel a little like self conscious at first, and did you get over it? I did. I one hundred percent did. How did you get over um, it? Practice. I just yeah. <laughs> the ladies. No, no, not practice. But but honestly, just just but but still, even now, even now, like if I go to certain events, I might. I might be the first one that gets in the hot tub before everybody else gets in the hot so tub. Does that make sense? Yeah, so that I can hide my man. <laughs> no, no, I've it's true. So, I've done that. So that so that I can hide my man boobs. So I will hop into the you know, or or I'll be like, I'll dim the lights or make it so that it's almost dark, so that I can like hop in without people seeing myself or seeing oh my, my body fat. Do you okay? Do you have sex with the lights off or on? Oh my gosh, Tux. No, I'm serious. Because it's a body image thing. These are real things that I have thought about. It depends. Sometimes, sometimes it's, I throw a blindfold on the person and (laughs) there you go. Have you done that? Have you ever done that so that they couldn't see your body? Um. I bet you someone out there is listening right now going, I did. I don't think I have. Have you thought about it? myself, but. Uh, no, I don't. Good. I don't that's think so. good. That's good. I'm glad that you have that kind of security because that's fucking hard for a lot of people. I genuinely wonder, okay, audience, let us know even in, in the show chat or whatever. But I'm curious how many people when they want to get sexy, 
turn off the lights because they're like, I'm ugly. I get that with furry. There's a little bit of a visual element, but like, it's a thing. It's a thing like that. Like people joke about paper bags on the head, right? Well, no, it's, it's, you mentioned that I kind of have flashbacks myself here. So here, here's the situation that I've dealt with in the past. I still have a, a negative body image of myself, even though I sort of stick to fitness and I stick to diet and everything. And like people will, will come out to me and say, Hey, you're really cute. Or I like your body and all that kind of stuff. But to me, I still struggle because I also have per- like trust issues in myself. For example, if someone was to come up to me at a bar or something and I'm dressed really nicely and I've, and I've put in the effort to represent myself a certain way. And someone says, I think you're really cute or something like that. I will take that compliment, but then some mechanism, some switch will flick inside my head and I'll say, okay, there's this bar that has been set. There is no chance in hell I should ever allow myself to fall below that bar. So if, for example, I have a few weeks where I'm feeling really good, feeling really confident, get a lot of compliments from people, and then three weeks later, I've eaten something, I've put on a little bit of weight or something like that, it doesn't really matter whether or not I have put on weight. It's how I perceive it. And then someone asks me, just like Rue said, let's go to a hot springs or go into the hot tub. I will decline to go because I fear that, oh, now that this bar has been set, someone thinks I'm cute. What if I take off my shirt and they notice this little bit of pudginess I put on? Am I going to drop that bar? Are they going to turn around and say, oh, actually, no, you're not cute anymore. And look at you. You got like a big tummy and all that kind of stuff. So it's hard because we set our own benchmarks a lot of the time and a compliment can actually be something that makes us even more paranoid about it because we're just like oh they thought I was cute what was I wearing what did I look like I ate three donuts since then are they gonna hate me now (laughs) and that's the hard part it's like perception boils from everything Mm -hmm. Do, do you think part of that lies in perfectionistic tendencies though no it it does because I actually am a, a clinically diagnosed obsessive compulsive and I used to be a lot worse, like to the point where, you know, if you ever saw the TV show Monk, I was almost as bad as him. Wow. I could not walk on cracks. I had to count certain objects. I could only eat food if the pieces were countable to a certain number. You know, it was very, very, very bad. I would drive myself insane over it. And so, and Rue and I have talked about this before. When The way I live in my apartment is extreme obsessive compulsive. Everything has a place. Everything's neat and tidy. And that has driven people away. Like my old roommate, who I won't mention um would say to me that you know the way that you you keep your apartment is driving me absolutely insane and that has boiled over to body image as well i'm extremely obsessive compulsive so if i have a certain image of myself and the slightest thing changes that uh let's say i haven't shaved in like a couple of days and i look at myself i'm just like how could anyone like this if it strays from the core benchmark of what people have complimented me on well, you know what? We are running out of tape. Yep, we are. So let us um, go to break, and then we'll do final thoughts, and then I have a surprise.
and it's time for the final segment Yay! and final thoughts. So before we go to our guest, because we're going to give them a moment to think about their final thoughts, uh, I just want to say to everybody, thank you. This is a little bit of a self-indulgent episode. I recognize it, but I think it's important that we talk about these kinds of things more often. So that way you could just be more thoughtful in your interactions with people. I, I think it's stupid to go stop fat shaming and like in virtue signal. All I'm saying is remember people are going through their own struggles. And sure, there are definitely people there who go, it's a thyroid problem. <laughs> and there are people who claim that because, you know, they feel bad. Not Most people don't have a thyroid problem. Most people have just made mistakes and they probably know it and they probably feel bad, you know. So just take a moment before you say anything to them and go, how would I feel if they told me that? And also remember the flip side of that is don't come across as sympathetic too much because then you become patronizing. And no one wants that either. In the name? No, I'm kidding. Go no. Ahead. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Stop it. Oh, my you gosh. Preach, for preach, it too. preach. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> uh, so, no, I was just going to add the whole fact that I think that sometimes that we forget that um, we, we're so stuck on our screens and we're in technology and looking at them that when we meet a person in the grocery store or they're, they're walking around, we, we treat them the same exact way that we would treat them on the internet or through the screen uh, and we don't treat them as a human being that that's walking past us. And, and sometimes a little bit, we, we need to be a little bit more caring in the fact that the people that are around us are human beings and they're all at different levels in their life. And who are we to judge them for, for how they look? So, you know, just, I don't know. I love people. I don't love people. Love people and treat them like how you want to be treated and treat dick. them. Yeah, don't be a dick. There you go. My my favorite quote ever is before you judge someone, walk a mile in their shoes. That way you'll be a mile away from them and you will have their shoes. <laughs> Except they won't be six E. <laughs> No, nobody's I, I, taking my shoes. I think at the end of the day is we don't know for we don't definitively know the struggles that other people have dealt with. We only know the end result of their journey if we decide to judge the book by its cover. I think at the end of the day, don't be afraid to ask the question about someone's journey so that you can actually open to discussion about it rather than buy into a preconceived judgment. There have been so many times where I have met someone and just at face value, deep down, and I hate myself for doing that, but we all do it. I look at this person and say, this person seems like a bit of a douche. And then they've ended up being some of the nicest people I've ever met. And don't be afraid to sit down with someone, buy them a beer. Yes. Or, or, or a hard seltzer if you're in Utah. Or if and, you're in Washington, a blunt. <laughs> yes. And, and just sit with them and just say, hey, I... You are a curious person to me. I want to get to know you. And nine times out of 10, 99.9 times out of 100, you'll be proven wrong with every terrible assumption that you may come to about a certain individual. And at the end of the day, there may be conservatives. There may be, you know, progressives. There may be Trump supporters. There may be Bernie supporters. There may be everyone. But at the end of the day, we all have the ability to click with someone and work together despite where our allegiances lie. And that's the most important thing about humanity. We have more in common than we have different. Precisely. Well, that, I think that's a good final. Awesome. So, 
Shall we go on to house creeping? No. I have a surprise, which is... <gasps> what? I know. I'm there's excited. No there's I'm no mail. We're going to just play uh, not really the game, but it is kind of a game. It is the last month of 2019. And usually I've tried to post what the most popular things were for the last year. I'm not doing that this year, but we are going to do a version of that here because I also want you to play the same game for the decade. Can you believe we've been doing this that long? So in no particular order, let's take a look back at 2019 together. All of us have been listening to all these episodes. Okay, the truth of it is six of you were, and then Rue and I were here for the whole thing. So, <laughs> Rue. It's been a long journey, Tom. I have all kinds of statistics. I am logged into our statistics panel. It's my annual viewing of the statistics. So, for 2019, year to date, um, we've got about two weeks left in the year. It's not going to make that much of a difference. What country do you think listened to us the most? China. Okay. Chrono? Um, Italy. <laughs> You're both super bad guessers. The most listened, the country that's number one is the United States by uh, a significant margin. What well, do you think the number two country is? China. <laughs> well, okay, can we can we narrow it down? Are they considered a, a westernized country? No, or it's worldwide. They... I'm looking specifically at worldwide. I can break it into other areas, but I'm just looking at the globe. Sure. Let's say I'm going to say the UK. Oh, close. No, no. Number two is Canada. Number three is UK. What do you think number four is? And then we'll move to the next category. China. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping Australia. I really wish it Australia is Australia. Would be in there. Oh, yay! Oh, yay! <laughs> Australia listens to the show. Um, I mean, so like the, it's a pretty steep curve. Like we go from multi thousands in the United States to just, you know, a lot smaller in the other countries, but still you're number four. That's uh, wonderful. So your next, your your top uh, three of your top four are uh, part of the Commonwealth. All right. China. So I'm gonna I'm gonna skip. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna skip states. We're gonna break into the U.S. What do you think our number one city was as far as listening audience? Los Angeles. You are right. Yeah. Wow. What do you think? I did not. I did not look at the statistics. You don't have wow. access to them. Yeah. Uh, what do you think number two was? Florida? Florida's not a city, darling. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Miami? Not even on the list. Oh, there you go. I thought we were talking about states. You know states. what? I'm going to say C Seattle. Cities. Seattle, oh. Seattle is not number two. Number two is Salt Lake. Oh, yay! Number Salt three Lake. is San Francisco. Nice. Four is if Washington, D.C. Five is Vegas. DC, nice. Six is Chicago. Seven is Seattle. Eight is New York City. Nine is Minneapolis. And then everything else falls to ten. So Wonderful. there you go. We even have breakdowns. I'm not going to get into these, but we have breakdowns for the U.K., Germany, Mexico, Canada. Um, Canada's pretty big. Oh, wow. Yeah, so British Columbia is our number one province in Canada. All right. What do you think our most popular platform in 2019 was as far as um, like OS? iTunes. Oh, um, Spotify. You guys on that? So we only got onto Spotify a few months ago. Gotcha. The number one is is the i i bleh, the iPhone podcast app. Number two is iTunes. 
Oddly uh, enough, though, number yeah. three is people specifically syncing us to their Apple Watch. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wow. Number four is Android. <laughs> and I don't know what Clementine wow. is, but that's number five. What's Clementine? Oh, it's just a so it's a so a majority of those is just Rue and all of his Apple stuff. You right? you aren't listening to us that much, <laughs> yeah. Um, which okay, so iOS is our number one platform. Android is number two. Windows is three, and then people move between platforms is number four. And hmm. for the good ones, what do you think our number four most our fourth most popular episode was this year? Who the fourth? Yeah. Ah, shoot. Ah, the fourth. I'm going to go with the brownie episode. No, it was Nuka sex survey. Ooh, that was a good one. Number three is HIV. Number two. I couldn't believe this happened this way, but what do you think number two is? You're not going to get it right. I'm more than likely. I'm probably not. Um, When we had the voice actor, the voice actor, Peter Newt. No. Moms of Furries well, that, rerun. Oh, Moms of Furries. Yeah, they are. I I didn't think that that was going to be. I mean, it was a great episode. Don't get me wrong. That was a really good one. But but it, because it was a, a, you know, a redo or whatever. Um, yeah. A rebroadcast. I didn't think that that was going to be number. Yeah. Number two. That's cool. So what's number one, Tugs? Drum roll, please. Uh, you don't want to guess. <laughs> I'm going to get it wrong. I'm going to get it wrong. Um, let's see. We Time's up. I'm just trying it's to think. It's the Pop okay. for Revisit. Oh, the one with Keat on yeah. it. Ah. Yeah. So that's that's kind of our year in review. Now, let's let's quickly, because I know we're running long, let's switch to all time for the decade. In fact, I, want to, I just need to make sure that we don't have anything outside this decade. For the whole decade. For the whole decade, which actually we only start, we only oh, have statistics shoot. coming back from 2012. So I will just load all history. Okay, real, you real know, quick then. Um, world number one country, United States. You're right. Number two country. Uh, um, uh, is that Canada? Yep. Number three. Um, is that one going to be Australia? I'm hoping we took three somewhere. No, you took four. UK is three. Ah, uh, so it's the same. Japan is five. Wow. Though. All right. Um, the statistics hold true for platforms. Uh, just so you know. Although, interestingly enough, number seven is someone. A lot of someone's downloading our stuff through WGET. Which, if you don't use Linux, you probably don't know what WGET is. So we have a large Linux audience out there. For every iOS listener, we have, for every three iOS listeners, we have one Windows listener and one Android listener. So in other words, we're just, you know, a lot of iPhones iPhones that are out there, a lot of Apple people. Yep. Number nine, interestingly enough, is Apple TV. That's interesting. Right? Right. That means that okay, they're having their whole family listen to us. Oh, no. <laughs> right. Welcome to the living. And then let's see what the most popular episodes are for all time. All time or like just this? 
for the entire length of the show for this decade. Shoot. We've done a lot of shows. We've done 192 episodes, just so you know. 192. Uh, We're almost at 200. We don't celebrate 200. You have to get to 500. Uh, no, 200. We celebrate. I can't do another four-hour episode. That killed me. Um, ah. <laughs> I, I, I'll give you hints that these are old episodes. So, number five. Oh shoot! I can't. I can't do that, Tugs. Like all episodes, um, I'm going to say Suicide in the Phantom, season two, episode two, stereotypes. Number four. One. You will die when you hear what number four is. Rabbit Valley. No, episode zero. <gasps> what? Yep. Well, everybody wants to start. You know, they want to. Yeah. Start the show and then they find out that it's crap. That's why it's called episode zero, you guys. It's episode zero because of the fact that it was our first show. And and that's not the one that you start at. You start at number one, Everyone, right? Based yeah, on what well, you said, I was expecting you to say it has a huge drop off rate at the one minute mark. It, yeah, I don't know if I can see that. I wonder. Let me, look. Let me see if I can see that because that'd be funny. Um, no. No, I don't have that ability. Um, number three. I had the best. Moms of Furries. No, weirdly enough, it's my episode before I hosted. Ooh, really? Yeah, the Baby First episode. Oh, that's because that's now the... Isn't that? No, because we've, we've done it once or twice since. Oh, okay. So it's your episode, your first episode. Yeah, before I hosted. Okay, number two guess you like this too much i'm having fun poppy first no that's number one then season two episode one parents and that furry thing oh yeah that was a really good episode we had parents that that came on like we had like three or four parents they came on to talk about their child being in the furry family. And I could see why that would be popular because a lot of people who are deciding how they're going to come out to their parents about being a part of the furry fan and probably wanted to hear exactly live vicariously through other people's experiences. And the number one episode, Rue. Poppyverse. No. What? The Not number the one episode of the decade of For What It's Worth is episode... One. What's with the uh, tails? What? what? Yep. How is that number one? We don't even have it on our site. It still tracks when people download it. Oh, huh, okay. Cool. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for number one. That that that's good because <laughs> that's that's how we decided to do it a long time ago is we wanted number one to be the one that people would download. Instead of episode zero. Congratulations for sticking to this for so long and being able to achieve so much. And 192 episodes, that's just insane. You guys should be really proud of yourselves. We'll stop at a thousand. <laughs> okay. okay, you've heard it here. You've heard it here. We are done at a thousand. Oh You're going to be like, over the past 40 years, the best episode from the past 5,000 <laughs> episodes. <laughs> like, uh, hand, hand me my Geritol here. I'm going to need that for this. <laughs> our our number nine is is the Poppy Furs episode. Number nine? Yeah. I, I, and awesome. if you look at this distribution, that makes sense because those episodes have been out the longest, so they've had the longest time to accumulate listens. 
but I'm actually pretty pleased at like we have stuff from season four starting at number eleven. So we're kind of we're kind of everywhere. That's great. Well, what season are you in, Mo? Do you do it yearly? Uh, we do it whenever the fuck we feel like it. Um, <laughs> it should. We just so, kind of make it up as we go along. No, it could be like <laughs> this no, is season F. This is season <laughs> F. Uh, no, we're currently in season eight, and it's been running for more than a year because we're trying to get ready for season nine, and it's 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 a lot. So of work. season season nine is going to be um, let's see um, Xbox Sex, right? Xbox yeah, Sex, the, yeah. I don't know. What yeah, that the means. new. Oh, you mean Xbox yeah. Series X? <laughs> yeah, it's Xbox Abbreviated Sex. So yeah, it'll you, be the sex sex oh, season. You are funny. <laughs> no, I'm not really. I just try to be. All right, so that's that's the decade <laughs> and the year in review. Now let's do this. Have you commented on the site yet? It's time to be reminded in housekeeping. You know. Sometimes I miss. Never mind. I, I a train of thought that went out the window. I was I was gonna say sometimes I miss that zipper type stuff. So oh, so this? the reason why that I. Oh baby, yeah, mm, yeah. <laughs> we pulled the zipper down. No we don't have anything in our mailbag. I know. If we ha- if- Man, you know what? Maybe we just need to close our email box. and Oh, like just, your PO box? Well, close everything and just, you know, end the show because we don't get any love anymore. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm just joking. But hey, if you do have some random questions, it doesn't need to be on topic and you want to send us an email, send it to castupforwhatitsworth.com and we'll definitely... Um, address the the particular situation that you have going on. So please feel free to send us an email. So your questions could include things like, Rue, why does red smell so funny? (laughs) Uh, What is life? (laughs) What is time? (laughs) Try to ask us more concrete things. We're better with those. Abstract (laughs) concepts we'll try and answer for you, but you'll probably get a lot of fucking penis and stuff. It'll be it'll be like two is words. That what this uh, our show has turned into? That's why that's what people always say is that podcasts, you know, they they have substance at the beginning, and then at the very end, it just becomes a whole bunch of penis jokes. And well, I actually know, feel like stuff. I'm not doing my civic duty as an Australian. I didn't use the word "fuck" nowhere near as many times as I should, and I definitely didn't throw in a c word. So, how can I be a real Australian without that? But I'm not going to because good, good because I don't want to break out the to. bleeper. <laughs> There's only a few words. There's three words we'll censor, and the C word's one of them. Yeah. Oh, no, we just told people that. No, they don't know what the third (laughs) word is. You don't know what the third word is either. All right. uh, Also, so, yeah. um, Keep up with us on social media, (laughs) Twitter, Facebook, um, or join our Telegram group if you want to join the dead people in there. Hi, dead people. Um, Yeah. Hi. Yeah, no. um, We also have an announcements channel if you don't prefer the group thing and you just want to know, hey, they need to say they've got to do the email thing. Um Drop us a line through t- um, Twitter DM or message at Wine Red Fox, and he will add you. You must be 18 to both be listening to my voice and to join those channels. Yes. Also, uh, just so that you're aware, we definitely enjoy it when we have sex. comments on the show. Yeah, sex as well. 
Xbox, Xbox sex. Um, comments about sex. Yeah, Best comments of both about, uh, Definitely comment on the show. Comment on um, Stitcher or... Lilo. iTunes. Yeah, Stitch. Stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever you are, comment. And let me tell you, thank you so much for the people that um, retweet um, anytime that we post um, content that we're trying to, to get because it definitely helps to... Um, helps us to be able to get the contact, the content that we need, contact, contact that we need in order for us to be able to do the show effectively. So we appreciate you guys a lot. Yep. All right, Rue, what's next episode? The next episode is going to be gratitude. It's our annual so tradition. So if you're grateful for something, please send us an email. If you're grateful for your mom, your dad, your dog, your sister, your aunt, your brother, your penis, your uncle, whatever. If you're grateful for it, we want to know. So please send us an email post haste. I like being anal. Oh my gosh, <laughs> why? I thought I was going to go through this whole year without that. St- you almost made it too. That's the hard part. <laughs> why? <laughs> Tugs, you are fired. I love the soundboard. Ah. Uh. Anyways, so it, what do you want to hear from people? Uh, no, just, about just, just what we do every year. So um, it's our it's our protest over the holiday um, season. And I think that's more important now than ever, given the current climate of the world. Take a moment to be thankful for something and then write an email to us so that we can be thankful for you telling us what you're thankful for. And then together, we'll all be thankful on the air. Thankful. All right, guest. Yes. Would you like to plug what yourself? What would you like to pimp? What would I like? Uh, or plug yourself? No, no, nothing, nothing really. Like, I mean, just um, thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, if anyone wants to have a conversation about fitness or anything like that, I'll be open to do that. I'm not much of a follow me, retweet me, like and subscribe, don't like it, blah blah. I'm not that kind of Ring person. The bell. So, if there's anybody that wants to just you know just follow along and have a conversation about anything that was discussed at the topic, they can find me on Twitter. It's uh, Chrono, as in Chrono Trigger, Chrono Wolf Music, um, Chrono Wolf on Telegram as well. And uh, yeah, we can talk about anything that was discussed today, uh, or just shoot the shit, or just have fun. That's basically it. Uh, other than that, you know, just I just do my own thing, and uh, we'll all have fun together. All right. So this has been Rue. This is Tugs. And this is Chrono Wolf. And you've been listening to For What, For it's, what worth. it's Worth. You have to say it. Oh, I'm sorry. Can we do it again? No, you have Damn to it. say it on your own. <laughs> for for worth it's what? Damn it. <laughs> you didn't say it right. I'm not turning it off. <laughs> We're not ending until you say it. For what it's worth. Yay! Yay! Hooray, I gotta go get my flea. Bye.